that, this is what I feel. Uh, I need to get on your level um, because if I stand behind a pulpit today, it might be awkward for me, and I'm trying to make it as least awkward as I can because we're talking about marriage today. And uh, sometimes marriage can be sticky, right? Uh, sometimes, how many, how many of you are glad to be married? Okay, I better see those hands. Um, if not, we're in trouble. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Well, we done separated a family this morning. <laughs> um, I'm excited uh, about this series. I believe that it can, it can really um, change some families, change some lives, change the way that we look at things. Um, but before uh, we really get digging, dig, dig, before we get too deep into this, um, so this week we're going to talk about priorities. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about, like, the theology framework of what marriage is supposed to be, God's design for marriage. I started the, the start with that one, but I said, let's go to the basics for this one, and then we'll get deeper next week. Uh, so today's going to be very practical. Uh, we're going to do an illustration. I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to share some stories with you. Um, Tiffany's not here, so I can say what I want to today because she's not here to back herself up. Uh, she's with our kids today. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, because this is a, a series that I feel could really change the whole look of our church. You know, in 2023, we're on this, uh, this theme of family. And so we started a, a series in January talking about what the family is for the church. And, and we talked about our personal families a little bit. So we're just digging a little deeper, taking some more layers off of that onion, so to speak, uh, as we talk about uh, our, our marriages. And, and I think sometimes uh, what I have noticed over the last... A uh, few years is seldom do we do we find a family these days that that prioritize time with each other. Like the the world is just different today. Um, it, it's not it's not common for for us to eat around a dinner table anymore. It's not it's not common for uh, the family to go to go to dinner all together anymore. It's just not common. And so what we're trying to do is, is bring it back into a biblical mindset of what this looks like and how the Christian values and morals should go into the home, especially in our marriages. And so, church, let's just be honest uh, for a second. We, we've got to do better uh, with, with our marriages, uh, including me. Okay, uh, this, this full disclaimer, like, Pastor Thomas's marriage ain't perfect, I promise. Um, and so we, we just have to do better with that. And so I've titled the message today, First Order of Business, God First. First Order of Business, God First. You know, have you ever been to a meeting and you hear those words? The first order of business today. And so, so I call the meeting into order to say we've we got to put God first. And if we put God first, if we, if we put these priorities right in line with each other, then everything's going to fall into pieces, or fall into pieces, fall into place. We don't want to fall into pieces this morning. Um, but, but so, you know, if we want God to bless us, put him first. If we want God to bless our house, our workplaces, being a parent, being a husband, being a wife, even our finances, our extracurricular activities, God has to be first in everything. You know, I was talking to Nancy McGuire this week on the phone. Uh, we, we've gotten to the point where uh, we talk pretty often, and, and, and I'm glad she still calls me and we can have those talks. And uh, She called me. She's in, she's in Florida. Everybody, everybody that, that knows Nancy, and maybe she's listening today. And, and she just says, Pastor, I, I love you all. I miss you all. 
But she was talking to me about priorities. She didn't even know what I was preaching on this Sunday. Had no idea. And she said, can I, can I just call you and, and give you a message to share with the church? I said, absolutely. She says, tell them to put Jesus first. She said, tell them to prioritize prayer. She said she's, she's been on her hands and her knees more than she can ever realize or remember in her life. And she says, you know what? God's answering my prayers. Church, that's powerful. Now, when we start, when we start looking at, at the DNA of our souls and our, and our Christianity and, and, and what we believe, like if we're not on our hands and knees and asking God for it, then how can we ever expect it? I think so often we want God to do this and we want God to do that, but we forget to ask. The Bible says, ask in my name and I will do it. And so church, that's what I'm asking you to do today. Whatever it is that you need for, for maybe your marriage, for maybe your family, your children, seek God first. And the more that we do that, the easier that it becomes. Eight and a half years ago, when Tiffany and I said, I do, I know, I don't look that old, do I? Eight, eight and a half years, been married, we've made it. You know, we're waiting for those double digits to say we made it that far. And, uh, but eight and a half years ago, we said the words I do together. Um, and those words to me weren't just a formality. Like, it wasn't just going through the basics to say, do you take her? Yes. Do you take him? Yes. I do. Okay, you may kiss your bride. You know, it, it was much more than that for me. Uh, I, th I think so often today, marriage is like a make-believe thing. And we don't take it serious anymore. I, I, no joke. Five years or so ago, I was, I was doing counseling with a couple, and I won't share names. But I said, why do you want to get married? And they're like, well, marriage is fun. Okay, cool. But eventually, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a day where it might not be fun. Uh, and, and I think we just have like this fairy tale look of what marriage is. Like, it's not fun and games when you go down to the altar and look at your husband and your wife and say, I do. Like, the words I do is just words these days. Did you know, church, that there are more divorces happening after the age of 55 than there is at the age of 35? I'll get there in a minute, but, but the reason why is because we put so much focus on the kids, the kids leave the house, and then you have to learn to live together again. Because you haven't lived together for 20 years. That's a problem. But, but me and her said I do, and we, we said death, till death do us part. It was, was those words that, as I said that, like, man, that, that was so real to me. Like, it wasn't a game. It, it was, man, you, you aren't getting a divorce. I ain't getting a divorce. Divorce ain't in the vocabulary. We ain't going to do it. We're going to work through it, no matter what. And she'll tell you. No, we, we really don't argue. We, very, very seldom do we have, do we have an argument. But, but through the hurt and, and, and through the messed ups, you know, we vow sickness and or health. No matter what, at, at our wedding, uh, we did our best to, to put God first in the whole thing. Like, He was lifted on high. He was going to be the center. We, we didn't have uh, a, a Christian wedding because we felt like we had to. You know, we had it because that's what our life was going to revolve around. You see, we put God first, even, even on day one. 
No, and so this series is going to be very practical, very practical way, I hope, for us to, to build stronger. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. That's, that's kind of my, my verse, my, my key verse for today. I'm going to, I'm going to share some other verses with you, uh, but I'm going to go to Proverbs uh, because I, I love what this verse says, and I believe we can apply that uh, to our marriages. We can really read the whole, the whole chapter of, of Proverbs 4 if you wanted to, but uh, we're going to zero in on verse 7. You can read chapter 4 this week if you would like. This is, what, this is what God's Word says. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So what we're trying to do today is to get an understanding of what it looks like to put the priorities in line. Um, listen, it doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter if you've been married for 30 years or you've been married for a year. It doesn't matter if you're not married yet. It doesn't matter if you've been married before. Wherever you're at in this situation, in this life, in this walk of life you are right now, I just want you to know God loves you. He loves you. And, and no matter what's happened over the last 15 to 20 years, that can be changed today. Okay? And, and, and things can get better today. And if you're, if you're single right now, look, I'm going to give you some things to look for in your future husband. Don't, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God's Word. Uh, I'm going to give you some things to look for. Or wife. Yeah. Thanks, Madison. I'm thinking from the husband's standpoint. Of, you want to come up here? You want a microphone? <laughs> I got bad news, too. I got a lot of notes to get through. So y'all y'all just get comfortable. Put your seatbelts on. Uh, Ephesians 5. Okay, Ephesians 5, which is one of the most referenced chapters in all of Scripture when pertaining to marriage. It says this in verse 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. When Tiffany and I first got married, uh, I used to mess with her a lot. And I was like, woman, go read Ephesians 5. And she's like, you go read Ephesians 5. And so, so, so often like we have this, this mindset of what we think something is. And, and we'll, we'll throw that out there. And they're like, man, you need to go read it too. But, but Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Putting God first. Letting God be the center of why we do what we do. Like, we, we hear the man say, submit to me. Or, or the wife uh, maybe, maybe saying, uh, submit to me, I take care of your kids. And then the next thing you know, it's fireworks. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When Ephesians 5 drops the ball on us right here, and I, and I love what another translation says, submitting to one another out of the reverence of Christ. Being reverent with each other. Submission is never the spouse saying whether they've earned it or deserved it. Look, marriage is not about what we've earned or what we've deserved. If that's the, if that's the mindset, then it's always going to be a battle between the two. We can't look at it that way. It's because Jesus is the Lord of your house. So there, there's times where I do have to submit to my wife and what she wants. And, and I serve her, and I serve her with, with 100%. And, and whatever that looks like, I, I, I lead her and I love her. I sacrifice sometimes my own wants and my own desires. I die to self some days because it's something that she wants. And her, and her doing the same. Look, we have a five-year-old. And 
and, and, and I may want something for Riley, and, and Tiffany may want something for Riley, and Riley wants whatever Riley wants. And then we have to decipher between the, the two and sometimes the three of us. It doesn't always work out to what you want. Honestly, it's hard to do that sometimes, and it's hard for her to do that. But when you do it because you love Jesus, that's when it's all about it. Jesus. It's, it's not conditional on them earning or proving themselves. It's a healthier place. And that's what Ephesians 5 is teaching. Then in verse 33 of Ephesians 5, he keeps going. Nevertheless, each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. In all of my years of ministry, and sitting down with couples. And, and there's one thing that's, that's constant. Couples want mutual respect. I see, I see you nodding your head. Couples just want mutual respect. Everybody that has ever come through my office or sat down with me at a coffee shop or sat down with me at dinner, it's the same thing. We just want mutual respect. But wives, did you know that the number one love language for a man, guess what? It's respect. Um, and, 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 and it's a little different. On the flip side of that, ladies, we, we want affirmation, right? We, we want, we, we, not we. <laughs> affirmation. My wife, affirmation. She wants to know she's doing good. She, she wants to know that, uh, she wants to compliment. She wants to, the, what, you know, now, now you know me. What does Pastor Thomas love to do during the summer? Nobody knows me. I mow my yard. Hey, I love my mower. And this is why. Because if I'm in hot water, she ain't going to mess with me on the mower. Another reason is because I know that my phone's in my back pocket, but I got no idea if anybody's calling me or not. You know, it's a long time, right? It's a long time with, with me. It's a long time with God. And, 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 and this is the thing. Like when, when we're done mowing the yard, men, what do we do? We go, we go back and we're like, yep, look at those lines. Those things look good. And then what do we do? Keevan, do you do this to Kelly? Kelly, would you go outside and look at that yard? Man, doesn't it look good? I do it. We're proud of that yard. It, my yard only takes me about 30 minutes now, but man, I'm proud of it when I'm done with it. Like, look at that edging. Beautiful. Seriously, though, like, like we, we, we sit there and we, we want the affirmation. We just want to be, be told, you're doing good. And whether it looks bad or not, your wife always looks at you, yeah, honey, it looks great. <laughs> Probably thinking to herself, like, it looks the same every time, you know? Ladies, here's some uh, free marriage advice. You ready to write it down? Affirm your husband often, whether it looks good or not. Just affirm him. Tell them that they're doing a good job, even though sometimes they may not be. They need to hear it. For whatever reason, like it builds our self-esteem. Um, uh, guys, write this down. Let your wife know how beautiful she is. Let, let her know that you love her, that you're thankful for her, how proud of you are of her. Let her know that often. 
Let that be a daily reminder to them. Because listen, there are, there are couples that haven't said, you're beautiful. There, there hasn't been a, there's, there's couples that hasn't said a thank you in years. Because their priorities are mixed up. I, I, don't, I don't listen to my wife and respect my wife because I'm scared of her. She's only five foot tall. Um, uh, <laughs> she, she doesn't listen to me and respect me because she's scared of me. We do it because we love Jesus. That is why we do it. The reason I walk through this life with her is because I love Jesus. The reason that, that I married her is because I saw Jesus in her. And I knew that she was going to be a wonderful partner for me in ministry. I remember sitting across, oh, we, we find Don the first time we went out. We went to the Cheesecake Factory on our first date. I took her to Build-A-Bear Workshop, and I did it up. The next day, we went to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> I spent all my money the first time. Uh, no, seriously. Like, so so the, first, the first day, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, man, this is just too good to be true. Because I had been through some rough relationships. I had been beaten down, torn down, uh, cheated on. You know, you name it, it had been done to me. And then I laid my eyes on her, and I'm like, this is it. I knew it. You know why? Because my intention on day one of dating her was for marriage. I was looking for my wife. There, there was, like, she had to check off, like, 25 boxes before I even went on a date with her. No joke. I, I had just had a conversation with my parents, like, two nights before I met her. And I was like, I'm done with women. Dad's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're not staying here the rest of your life. Uh, and then I met Tiffany. And, um, yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been perfect. She'll tell you, it hasn't, it hasn't been perfect. But we've loved it. We've loved our life together. We love the family that we have built together. And, and, and quite honestly, at the end of the day, like Christ is first. And I think that's been the, the difference maker for us. Is He's first. So it's going to be practical today, real practical. Next week we'll get deeper. But Now, how many of you have been told in life at some point you need to get your priorities straight? You ever been told that before? I remember my dad, he used to, he used to look at me, I bring home a bad grade, son, you need to get your priorities straight. Didn't know what that meant. My, mom would say, you need to get your head screwed on tighter. You know, maybe you've heard that before. I, I remember hearing that so often. I was the youngest in my family. I had two older brothers, still do have two older brothers. Uh, three, man, I'm messing up today. Uh, three boys in the house. Mom was surrounded by, by men. One of us were always getting told by mom or dad, you need to start thinking. No, you need to straighten it up. Sometimes it would... It would go further, and you'd get that stink eye. You know what I'm talking about if you're a mom or dad. Uh, or, or that smack, <laughs> or, or you'd get called by your full name. Um, there's, there's days that dad would still call me by my full name if I was home. Uh, but when I, when I think about the phrase, get your act together, you can apply that to every area of our life. really can. Your personal life, your professional life, uh, life for me as a pastor, a dad, a, a husband, uh, our personal hobbies, and even as a church where we are really dissecting the things that we 
do well into things that we need to improve on. Back in October of last year, uh, most of you probably remember, I, I went to uh, a retreat. I went to a, a pastors-only retreat uh, in the mountains of, of Nebo, North Carolina. Um, Nebo was, there's nothing there but cabins. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, but God really did some things in my life uh, while I was there in October. Really changed me from the inside out, like tra totally transformed my life. And this is what God kept saying to me. There's five things that you need to focus on. Five things you need to focus on. So, so I started writing them down. Well, then I went to the leadership team of the church back in November of last year, and we, we sat down. And I said, guys, think about this. What, what, are, what are five things that Cross Life Church does well? And we started naming stuff off. Their five things match my five things. We went to the Cross Life Huddle later on in November. We did that together at the church family. Remember the thing, you took out your phone, you put your word down, and it came up on the screen. A really cool exercise. Well, the five things that, that we kept seeing on the screen constantly and constantly over and over and over again were the same five things the leadership team said and I had said as, as the pastor. That we do well across the board. You know, what I had realized when I went on the retreat in October was that it was so easy to get busy doing a lot of things, just like we do in our families that we intend for good, but it's easy for our efforts to get diluted and we find ourselves doing a lot of things kind of well instead of five things extremely well. And so I said, what if we look at it as a church and try to focus on five things that we can do extremely well and that's all we focus on? How much better would it be? So today what I want to do is I'm going to give you five things that we need to prioritize and if we can do these five things, I promise you, it's going to build better marriages, families. Your home's going to be better. Here at Cross Life, we tried to, to replicate uh, a model of simplicity pretty early on. Um, I, I don't know if anybody's ever read the, the book Simple Church by Tom Rainer. If you haven't, I, I'd encourage you to read that. Uh, love that book. Uh, it really shaped Cross Life of who it is today. Uh, if you'll notice, we, we, don't, we don't have 35 ministries um, we, we don't have a whole, a whole lot of uh, slate going on. And the reason why, we want to put focus on our families. We want to put focus on, on, on you. And so as we tried to model that, uh, we, we tried to make sure we do what we do really well. You'll notice we, we put a lot of effort into our Sunday morning gathering because that's when the crowd shows up. Um, so, so that's when we were like, man, well, now we need to draw, drive fellowship. So we started the Sunday morning fellowship time to drive the fellowship. Uh, and, and I encourage you, like, if you're not coming to that, you're missing out. You're missing out on the fellowship. You're missing out on relationship. You're missing out on talking to people. It's not, it's not about eating. I, have, I don't ever eat. Most of you will notice I don't eat on Sunday mornings. Uh, there's reasons behind that. Bridget knows and Bridget can't tell you. Uh, but but there, there's reasons, okay? Yeah, but, but I'll go in and fellowship. I'll go in and talk. I love talking to you. Sometimes that's the only conversation I get with some of you on Sunday mornings is the fellowship time. And so we did that for that reason. We want you to have a great experience all the way from the parking lot all the way to the pulpit on Sundays. We want to make it as seamless as possible so that you can experience and encounter God. Hey, you'll notice pretty quickly that we have uh, different discipleship groups through the month. Our, our youth meet weekly. Our kids meet bi-weekly along with our ladies group on Thursday nights. We have events for our kids. We try to do that every couple of months. All of that, men's group meeting monthly. Uh, we do that so that we can continue building each other up. 
why for me i i can't i can't ever tell you we can't have enough groups i, I believe we could we can start five new groups tomorrow and i'd be ecstatic because i believe in fellowship i believe in relationship and the larger the church gets the more groups we're going to need to keep making that feeling connected with each other you know something for me the guy that you see behind behind here on sundays is the same guy you're going to see at walmart the same guy you're going to see at the grocery store getting gas. I am who I am. And I love who God's made me to be. You're going to witness a lot of outreach, uh, a lot of emphasis on community. I believe in this season as well, you're going to witness a, a lot of raising up of new leaders, uh, raising up new communicators of the gospel. Everything we do is in alignment for a reason. And so as we get the church in alignment, don't we think our houses have to be in alignment too? What happens in marriage is we start out with this bright eyes. Uh, we start out with the white dress and the tuxedos, and we're looking good, looking sharp. And, and we start with the high hopes and the dreams coming true. We go on this honeymoon uh, that's always beautiful. Me and Tiff, me and Tiff took a cruise, uh, loved every bit, minute of it. But guess what? We went home and had to wash clothes. Then we had to cook for ourselves. Then we had to wake up because we weren't on honeymoon no more. We had to go to work. And life began to happen. But it doesn't stop there. When life happens, no one, no one goes into their wedding day thinking divorce or anything like that. But life happens. Pain happens. Sickness happens. Kids happen. Job promotion happens. Busier life happens. Then life happens again. And then pain happens, disappointment happens, moves happen, life happens again. Then one day you realize life has just kind of drifted apart and you've been out of alignment, but you don't know how to fix it. Can I just say something really quick? My motto in life is stay in the fight. Like, if, you, if, if Tiffany was in here this morning and I just asked her, Tiff, what's my motto? She knows. Stay in the fight. Whatever it is and whatever it looks like right now, it may be sticky in your home. It may be sticky in your family, but I'm telling you, stay in the fight because it's worth it. Because Jesus is worth it. So that's what we're going to do with the rest of the message today. It may, it may seem like a more, a more of a talk than a sermon. That's okay, I'll preach to you next week. But, but listen to me for a moment. Get your pen out, get your paper out. We're about to start writing. Uh, what is the top things in your life? Somebody, somebody what, what's, what's something important in your life? Nothing's important in our life. Okay, cool. Family, kids, friends, Jesus. All right, Sunday school answer. Uh, <laughs> jobs, work. Benny's uh, candy crush is important to him. He was playing. I saw him playing this morning. Don't say you weren't. Uh, <laughs> mowing the grass, amen. <laughs> It's almost mowing season, fellas. We're going to get affirmation from the wife. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to write these things down. They're going to be in this order. Go to the next slide, David. Now, now all of these things are great. God, kids, spouse, work, play. We just got to make sure we put them in the right order. So number one is going to be God. Hey, God has to be first. He has to be the number one priority in our life as believers. All of us would say amen to that, but are we leading and living in that way? Within this thing of God is taking part in worship, 
Okay, so we, we don't have the local church up here, but if we got our priorities straight with God, then the local church is going to be there. Hey, does that make sense? Uh, but we'll hit on that a little bit later. Number two, spouse. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you said that because I figured I might get paper balls thrown at me at that point. Spouse, you may be saying, wait a minute. I'm single. How's that work? That's okay. Because this is going to prepare yourself to be married. That means uh, guarding our sexuality, guarding our, our hearts, guarding who we say we are as a man or a woman. Protect that stuff. That's nobody else's but yours. So protect it. So God, spouse, kids. Hey, good job. Kids are a gift of the Lord. We love our kids, right? I, lo I love my child. And about six weeks into having a child, we're like, God, can I take it back to the hospital? <laughs> I, I remember, I remember, like, Riley did really good. Like, she was, she was, she was a wonderful baby. Um, mainly because Tiffany breastfed, and, and, and I never had to get up out of the bed at night. But, uh, no, she, she was, like, no joke. We put her down at 9 o'clock at night, and that girl wouldn't wake up till about 6 a.m. She, she was a wonderful sleeper. Still is. Still is. And it's a blessing. But I remember looking, at, like, Tiffany's mom stayed with us maybe, like, the first two weeks after, after Tiff had Riley. And, like, we were back home alone again. <laughs> With, with this with this human being that, that we created. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> and I remember the first time she left me home with Riley by myself for, for all day. Because this is how this is how life worked in Grundy. We didn't have babysitters. Like there was no child care. And so I was stuck with my kid and, and 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 hopefully people in the church would help me out. Like I remember taking Riley to work with me at like four weeks old. Uh, because Tip would have to go to a doctor appointment, like me and Riley's going up into work, you know, seven weeks, eight weeks, here here she comes, bringing her up into work with me, she'd sit her down beside my desk, I'd do my work, she'd cry, I'd pick her up, she'd cry, and I wouldn't know how to make her stop, and I'd be looking at the clock like, Lord, would you please get four o'clock here so Tiffany could come back home? But did you know, like, man, I cherish those moments now, and I didn't cherish it enough as a father then. You know, like that kind of stings a little bit. Like, here I am cradling a little teeny tiny baby, and now, now she don't want to be cradled at all. Like, it breaks me. Kids are a gift of the Lord. And look, people told us about terrible twos and threes, but they didn't say nothing about her being five. It's different. I think I'm on coasting now, though. Like, I feel like I'm coasting until about eight to ten years old. And then we're going to hit another gear. Is that right? Uh, we're not going to. At 18, they move out. Uh, <laughs> that girl keeps me on my toes, but I love her. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Riley. But I love, I love my wife. So how do we balance that? How do we balance loving our wife before we love our kids? Look, this, this is my motto. One day, Riley's going to be... Uh, out of the house, and, and, and Thomas and Tiffany have to live together again, and so we got to learn to love each other now, okay? Because because that's why that's why marriages at, at age fifty five are failing today, because they move out of the house and then they got to learn to live again together. Some of you may be facing that right now. What's next? No. 
work. <laughs> we got to make money. That's a priority. <laughs> the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. It literally says that. If you don't work and provide for your family, Paul says that's worse than an unbeliever. You've got to work. No way around it. It's from pretty serious stuff. Like, if you don't work, there is no play, Lindsay. <laughs> like, you know. Fifth, play. Everybody likes to play. Everybody has hobbies. Everybody, everybody's got things that they, that they like to do. But if all there is to life was work, go home, that ain't fun. The problem with, with fun is when you get out of order with the rest of the things. And some of us take play to another level. Like, we'll put, we'll put play in front of God all day long. We'll put play in front of our spouse all day long. We'll put play in front of the kids. Like, man, I know, I know you want me to watch the kids, but i got to get into the woods and go hunt. You know, we do that. Do we not? Let's just be honest. Now, I've made up some mock-up lists, and I'm going to try to go through these pretty quick uh, because we've got something else I need to do, and I told you it was going to be a long message. But here we go. All right, David, give me the, give me the first word. We're going we're gonna to give you some mock-up lists of what, what I think sometimes we do in our life. We'll put work first. Hey, I'm the prime example. I'll do this a lot. And, and when we start putting work before everything else, life just seems to be no fun no more. And so uh, we've probably already been there. The job, the job gets our, the best of our time. It gets the most of our time. It's the energy that we put in. We put our job before everything. That's just human nature. We spend money on the job. We spend money on uniforms. We spend money to get a good work weekend. And, and that's just how we, we spend most of the job. Because when we come home, listen, and the kids want to play, we just say, we're tired. And the kids get put off on the back burner. I'll be honest, I've done that before. Riley comes up with me. Time I come in, she's always got something in her hand. Daddy, would you open this? Daddy, would you? Riley, it's been a long day. We're so guilty of that, right? What's next? Go ahead, David. Then we put play. We'll come home from work. We can't play with our kid, but we'll come home from work and we'll go do what we want to do. Sometimes I'll come home from work and, you know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go do something. I'll, maybe it's a ball game. Kids don't want to go to the ball game. Now let's just Tar Heels play and go Heels. Um, we didn't win last night. It's all right. Always another game. Uh, but but no, we'll, we'll put play all day long because we want our hobbies. We want to do what we want to do because we're adults, right? We're adults. We can do what we want to do. And so if I want to put if I want to put play before my spouse, then I can put play before my spouse. So that's that's the mindset. A lot of times, and we don't even think about what we're doing before we do it. What's next? Go ahead, David. Our kids. The kids come next because you come home from play, and, and the kids have to get fed. They have to get clothed. They have to uh, they get a bath for the night. And, and, and that's, that's the thing. Like We get so wrapped up into whatever's going on around us that the next thing you know, we're putting our, we're putting our spouse forth. On a list of five things. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not good. That's never a good thing. So spouse will be next. And then we'll put room for God. Is that, does, that, does that look normal to some of us? Um, 
on a, on a seven-day work day or work, uh, work week? The, the, average, the average believer today, listen, the average believer today spends four minutes a day with God. But we say God's first. But we don't, we don't, we don't show it. Let's look at another list. We'll put our kids first. They've all the time got a game, right? Like, man, Riley's, Riley's in, this, uh, in this stage of extracurricular activities right now. <laughs> and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But Wednesdays is a long day. Hey, she's got basketball, which uh, let's not talk about that. Um, it's just not, it's not going well. <laughs> she, she hates basketball, I think. Um, breaks daddy's heart. Uh, but she's in basketball on Wednesdays. She's, she plays games every Wednesdays. But as soon as that's over, she goes to uh, tumbling class. And so she's in tumbling until about 5.30. And Tiff hadn't even walked through the door yet because Tiff goes to the game. And then we'll take her to tumbling or Tiff takes her to tumbling 95% of the time. And then they're walking through the door at 5.30. Well, then guess what? We come home. We're tired. We don't want to cook. So, so let's just go out tonight. And, and, and does anybody have that kind of lifestyle during the week? Like it, it happens all the time. And so we'll put the kid first, and then next. We'll put work, because we've got to make, make money in order to provide for the kid. We've got to make money to provide for the extracurricular stuff. We gotta, we, maybe we have a house payment that we've got to pay. You've got to pay off that truck. Got a house payment weighing us down. Uh, kids this and that. that. That's the first thing, right? So as we're doing all that, we have to be reminded of Ephesians 5.23. The Bible speaks plainly about the man leading the home and over and over again. In Ephesians 5, for the husband is head of the wife. Also, Christ is head of the church and he's the savior of the body. But, but right now, we're not seeing Christ much in this. We're, we're not focused much on it. Men, let's be honest, there's a lot of days where we can be absent from the home. And we've got to do a better job at that. There, there are days where I'll leave my house to take Riley to school at 8 o'clock and I don't get home until after Riley's already in bed. Maybe some of you are living that. In January, when, when January hit, I told Tiffany, like, you're going to see a change. And she's like, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, in the month of January, there was only four or five nights that I was not home. I did really good in January. I was really proud of myself because I put priority. I was like, you know what? I can change this meeting around. I can, I can have this meeting during the day. I, I'll, I'll be at her games. I'll, I'll make sure that I'm, that I'm doing everything I need to do to be present. And so you get the, you get the, the house in order. And I'll be honest, God smacked me a few times on this one. And I've worked extremely hard, extremely well to do that. And unfortunately, this is what happens. The schedule revolves around the kids. Even church schedules today revolve around kids. Did you know that? When, when we have decided as God's houses in America is that church doesn't have to be a priority as I was growing up. I mean, I remember going to football practice. Football practice over at 5.30, church started at 6. I was drenched in my sweat sitting in youth group waiting for church to start. Now, 
We live in, we live in the culture where it's okay, we'll be there Sunday. And sometimes we're not even there on Sunday. It doesn't matter because it's not the priority. But I remember that. I remember my parents dragging me, pretty much dragging me to church on Wednesday night to be there for youth group. But we need to take heed to Joshua 24, 4, uh, 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not, that's not bragging about anything that we do because we don't always do it right. That's truth to say God can be first and we still have to give our times to be with the family in the home. What's next, David? Play. We like to put play. Then you keep going. We'll put spouse. And then God again. And before you know it, we've had two big things of spouse and God at the end. Let's go through the next list really quick because I've got, I got to get through this. <laughs> God. So, so this, is, this is the list where we're all about God. We're so far about God, like your kids can't do nothing. They can't, they can't be in anything. Like this is the Jesus freak of the family right here. We're going to put God first, but then, but then watch the rest of the list. Work. Kids, play, and then we're going to put our spouse last. We're going to put God first in everything that we do. He's going to be the center. Man, I really didn't do good with color on that slide. Uh, we're going to put God first, and then I'm going to put my job. Then I'm going to put time with my kids. Then I'm going to put all my hobbies, but then I'll put my wife last. And maybe this is the makeshift. Maybe this is the list that, that may speak more than any, any of the others. But then let's go back to the next one because this is how it should be. we got God, and then we've got our spouse, and then we have our kids, and then we have work, and then we have play. And in all reality, that's what it should look like. It's not that we're not doing it right. It's just we've got the priorities mixed up. We have the five right. It's just a lot of days we don't put the five in order right. And when we don't put the five in order right, this is when things get really messed up. I'll never forget on my last trip to Honduras in December, um, Tiffany and I had, had found a, a very solid routine in life. Like I, It was almost like, I was being pulled away from even going on that trip. I remember talking to Benny. Like, I almost, I almost pulled my name out. Like, I'm not going. And the Lord just kept giving us indication that I should go. And, and I went. But here comes December. And it was time for me to leave the country again. First night I'm there, I'm like, man, I miss my family. And I, and I remember laying down in this <laughs> mattress that won't no thicker than this table right here. And, um, it was like 8 o'clock Honduran time. We were, we were already in bed. And, and I'm used to going to bed at, you know, 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock most nights. Sometimes not until 1, just depending on if I'm working after we put Riley to bed and Tiff goes to bed. So typically on, on a normal night, we're all, we're all home by about 4.30. Uh, we eat supper together by 5.30 or so. Riley plays. She does her thing with us. Sometimes, sometimes we have to play Pretty Little Princess and... Um, Guys, you know what I'm talking about. It makes us manly. And uh, Dad, you haven't lived until you played that game, I'm just saying. Um, but then we get her ready for bed around 8.30. She's finally settled no later than 9. Sometimes she'll come back down at 10 and say, I need something to drink because you know that's what kids do. 
And then Tiff and I hang out till about 11 o'clock or so. And so I was in this routine. I get into Honduras, and it was just totally different. Totally different. And I remember laying down the first night in December, and tears are just welling up in my eyes. Like, I missed my family because we were thriving as a family, and the priorities were right. There's something about having a solid routine in life, is there not? Like, we are creatures of habit. Kids are creatures of habit. Like, when Riley was little, at about 2 o'clock every day, she went down for that nap. Like, and that didn't waver. 4 o'clock or so, she'd wake up. She goes. She went to bed about a year old, up to a year old, about 8 o'clock every night. You know, it was a creature of habit. And we're creatures of habit. But, but this is the thing. What, what if God was in everything? What if, what if God shaped every part of our being? What if he was in every avenue of our life? Listen, if, we are, if we're married and, 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 and you don't have kids yet and, and failing on, on that part right now, and, and maybe, maybe you need to look at the value of each other, spend some time together before you have the kid. Because when you have the kid, it ain't going to make it better. Okay? The answer to making your marriage better is not having another kid. Okay? Value the time you have with each other right now and build that solid foundation now? Some of you are probably like, my kids are growing out of the house, Pastor. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's okay, too. Because you still have to care for each other, care for your family. You still have to care for those children that you have, even if they're out of the house or not. Instead of work becoming our God and, and, and work becoming our family, work is simply a thing that you do to obey God, to provide for your household, to pay the bills, provide for the family, whatever that looks like. But don't let work become the idol. God doesn't want that. You can put the mowing in there. You can put the games in there. All of that can come in if you put God first and then your spouse and then your kids and then work and then play. So what I've done today, I have an illustration for you that I want you to see. I got my nice little green box and everything. I'm going to move this over here. I'm going to give you two different things. Can everybody see this? I want I want to show you what happens when we get things out of line. This is going to represent play. Hey, because sand and I promise, like I had, I had to do the illustration to make sure it was going to fit in here, so I had to open this, but it's the same thing. It's the same bag, I promise. Um, but, but this is going to represent our, our playtime. And so when we get things out of line and we put play first, you know, that's going to be your solid foundation, they say. And then... We're going we're gonna to let all of this kind of resemble our work, our workplace, because there's a whole lot of marbles, and some of us carry four or five different jobs, and uh, we, have, we have things to do, we have bills to pay, we have money to make. And so we put, we put those in there. And, 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 and what we realize is, man, now, now I've got to figure out everything else, and I've got to get everything else in line. And so, so then, like... Some of you have a lot of kids, so this is, <laughs> this is going to be your kids. Uh, we got to put we got to fit our kids in there, and uh, the kids the kids are, are are a lot of times 
they're, they're like the mini rock of the family. And so we put, our, we put our kids in. But wait a minute. We're, we're still in trouble. Because I've still got my spouse who I love deeply. And I also have God who's supposed to be my rock. And as you can tell, like there's not a whole lot of room in here. And so if I put those in together... Like, it fit, but it didn't fit very well. There's no, there's no time left for you to manage. There's nothing, there's nothing else that you can do because you have completely filled the bowl. But let's look. Let's watch what happens when we get our alignment right. We put God in. It's, it's Tiff. <laughs> she, can, she can go in there. I might need somebody's knife. I forgot the... Uh, oh, I'm good. I forgot my... Uh, the scissors. And then we're, we're going to put, put our kids in. Got some. Huh? Oh. I hope I didn't do this backwards. Huh? And then you're gonna put your sand in. I mean, that should just like sink to the bottom. I might need. I might need that knife now. PT didn't come prepared. Forgot my. John saved today. Oh, whoever's got whoever has to clean this week, I'm sorry. <laughs> look at all the look at all the room now we have to spend time with our family with work, with God, with each other. And the problem is, it's not that it's not that this looks bad. It's just you don't have no room for anything else. Like your schedules are so packed that there's no more room. But when you look at this, I mean you've got an eighth of a container left. And if I would have brought the fishbowl, it would have been like a third of the fishbowl left. Of where now you've got all of this time on your hands and you're like, because I put my priorities straight, the rest of it can fall into place. And so, so for the last five minutes or so, if you can give me another five minutes, I promise I'm going to be done. I want to talk about time for a moment. Dave, if you go to the time slide. Here you go. Did you know there's 168 hours in a week? Every single one of us have the same amount of time. It's just how do we use that time? And so I came up with a mock time schedule that, that, that me and Tiffany are going to try. Um, and uh, and, and maybe, maybe you'll try it too. But seven hours to God a week. Okay, That's not a lot. That's an hour a day. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, 20 minutes at night, one hour in the morning, uh, whatever you want to do. But one hour a day with God. One hour a day. Start your day with God. 
Start your day with prayer. On your, on your way into work, talk to God. Spend some time in worship with Him. I'm going to give you 28 hours to spend with your spouse and your family. How many of you get 28 hours a week to spend with your spouse and your family? Anybody? Y'all are blessed. You're blessed. Okay, so what is that, like four hours a day? Okay, if you think about it, you know, if Tiffany and I don't get home till 4.30, Riley goes to bed at 8.30, that means for those four hours, my wife and my kid, that's their time. I'm blocking that time to say, you are so special to me, this is what we're going to do. Now, some of you can alter that some. It might be you're spending eight hours on Saturday together. Whatever you got to do, get the 28 hours in. I'm giving you 60 hours of work. 60 hours. Normal work schedule these weeks or these, these days are about 48 to 50 hours for somebody full-time employee. That's what, that's what statistics say. 60 hours for work. You have plenty of time to go work. That's what you can go tell your husband this week. You have plenty of time to go work. PT said you got 60 hours. <laughs> 60 hours. 56 hours for sleep. How many of you would love eight hours a night for sleep? <laughs> 56 hours. And all of this is spitting in the 168-hour work week. And then get this, there's 14 hours for you to play and do whatever you want to do. And that only equals 165 hours. There's three hours left for you still to do whatever you want to do. Some of you will only sleep for six or seven hours a night, and that's fine. Then you bank some hours. Some of you will only work 40 to 45 hours. Some of you may only work 30 hours. Maybe you're, you're part-part-time and you, you, only, you only have to work 10 or 15 hours. That's, that's a lot of extra hours for you. It's the way that we prioritize it. Because we're so quick, like, th this is how the world works today. We're so quick to go home, take the remote, turn on the TV, and for the next five hours, that's all we're going to do is watch TV. Guilty. Yesterday, there was ball games on all day. Loved it. Last night, ball game. You know, it's okay to have the play as long as you're putting the priorities there. But when we don't put the priorities right, then we can't expect our marriages and our families to be, to be going well. We just can't. So if we can prioritize this week with God first, putting your spouse next in line, then comes your kid, then comes your work, and then comes play, I promise you, you're going to see a big difference in your home. Absolutely promise you. The question is, will we apply it? Because as you can tell, there's, there's time. There's time. If you want your 14 hours of play to be TV, then great. That's on you. You can do whatever you want to with those, that time. Even the 60-hour work week. I mean, I'm putting, I'm putting in time for you to, to drive to work. I drive about 25 minutes to get to work. So I've got about an hour on the road every day out of my allotment time for the work that I put in. Now, there are days, there are weeks that, that Thomas is going to have to put more than 60 in. It just happens. Depends what's going on at the church. But you just learn to bank your hours. 
You learn to put the priorities in line. And the more that we do that, the more that we're building a stronger family. Because what we started with was Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, where it says wisdom is the principal thing. If we use our wisdom, and in all of our getting of wisdom, we get understanding. It will change the makeshift of your home and the way that you see life. Can I just be honest for a second as we close? There is much more to life than work. There is much more to life than me getting to play. Well, I ain't got much to watch with the Tar Heels this year anyway. There's, a, there's much more to life than a basketball game. I love my daughter to death, but I can never put her before I put my spouse and before I put God and expect my marriage to last. It just won't happen. And so if we can align the five, if we can focus on the five and get it right, then I promise you, not only will you benefit, but guess who else benefits? The church is going to benefit. Our groups are going to benefit because our families are stronger. And the kingdom will be benefited because we're putting the priority where the priority is supposed to be. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just the time that we get to spend together. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that, that this made sense. I pray that, um, God, that you've, you've spoken to hearts today. Lord, as we put the priorities in check, Lord, I know it's hard. It's so hard some days to get all five right. But Lord, if we just can, if we can just focus on you first and really just helping us line that out. And God, we put our worship first. We put our prayer time first. We put our reading of scripture first. God, that it would just benefit the whole entire, the whole entire line as we look at our wife or our husband and our children and our workplace and God, even our playtime. Lord, I, I know that there are going to be days where we just can't get it all right. Lord, life happens. But God, I just pray that right now in, in this room, that in, a, in the center of our marriages, in the center of our homes, in the center of our families, you would be first. Because all the other stuff can just start coming around it, and it can, and it can mold the whole makeshift of everything. God, I pray that uh, that this week, Lord, if, if, if we ever put uh, something above our, our marriage or our, or, our, or our children, Lord, that you would help us get back in alignment. Lord, I pray that we would love you first. I pray that we would spend time with you first. And God, whatever it is right now that, that people are dealing with, families are dealing with, Lord, I just pray you would start breaking that down. And Lord, that this message would be a, a, starting, a starting point for them to getting their, 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 their marriages and their life and their families in order. Because God, you are first. Lord, during this invitational time, I just pray you would move mightily. Lord, if somebody needs prayer, that they would come. Lord, if a if somebody just needs to come and pray at this altar, that you would call them out to pray.
Lord, maybe today somebody's here and doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life. Lord, I pray that they would put you the priority of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worship team. We're going to sing Build My Life as we close today. Um, you come if you need to come. Build my life. And as we, as we sing this song, just think about what you are, who you are.